Hello, welcome to the And I Am podcast. Thank you for tuning in to my third episode in this season, which is entitled Ask And. This episode was inspired by me putting a social media status up and just asking the ladies from around the world to send me some questions and I will give you some answers. We have a great response of questions on today. However, I'm only able to get through about two or three questions um, because I do have answers for each question and I also have a scripture reference in Proverbs 15 22. It says where there is no counsel the people fall but in the multitude of counselors there is safety. So today I just want to just enlighten everyone and just answer the questions to the best of my ability with my biblical knowledge and plus some uh, wisdom from the past and also just my opinion um, of situations and just some advice to help you you come from. Amen. Um, Anything that is not safe for you. All right, let's get to the first question. The first question is from St. Louis, Missouri, and it reads, Coach Ann, after being single for a long time, how did you know your husband was your husband? Oh, that's a good one. So I knew my husband was my husband by God revealing to me that um, the blessings of the Lord make it one rich and add no sorrow to it. When my husband came into my life, we were just acquaintance. We were just both believers in the gospel. We read scripture. We talked. We laughed. Um, then we became friends. And after becoming friends, I noticed that this man is not adding sorrow to my life. He's not here to take. He's not here to see what he can get to satisfy his flesh. He wasn't here. He was actually pouring into me. He shared his story with me of his past. I shared some of my past stories. And also, he talked about generational things with me. He asked me about when I was younger, a little girl. He asked me about being five years old and 10 years old in middle school and high school. He asked questions about my mom, uh, which is deceased. He asked questions about her mom. He asked questions about my dad and my dad's dad. And he just asked generational questions. And I believe that in those questions, he he was counting up the cost. He seen a godly woman in me. He seen a, uh, all the godly wife attributes in me. And he really was counting up the cost to see if this is something I want to pursue versus just getting, you know, playing games with me and wasting my time. And also when I knew he was my husband, it was revealed to me through prayer. So I will tell you, um, the young lady who asked that question, Prayer is key. Having a relationship with God, a healthy relationship with the Lord, praying and fasting. And also I have another scripture out of Philippians 4 and 6, and it says, be anxious for nothing. I wasn't anxious and he wasn't anxious. He wasn't trying to get to my house. He wasn't trying to call only at nighttime when the sun goes down. I had a lot of uh, living room relationships in the past. He wasn't trying to just sit in the living room with me to see what the night would bring. He brought joy into my life. It says the blessings of the Lord make it one rich and the blessings were richly increasing uh, my spirit. My soul was happy. My, I was just excited every 
morning, he would text me good morning. Um, in the afternoon, he would check on me and it wasn't just what you doing. It was how was your day? Can I bring you anything? Do you need anything? And um, he was just a real gentleman, you know? So he had a lot of godly attributes and I just didn't know he was my husband, but I knew that he was a husband. Even if he failed in the past, even if he, you know, was not perfect, I knew that God created this man to be a warrior, to be a prayer warrior, to be a speaker and teacher of the gospel. And I knew that he would be a husband and a great dad. And I just happened to be the one to reap those benefits <laughs> from the Lord. There's a scripture in Philippians 4 and 6 through 7 that says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. And I tell you that the peace of God guarded my heart, the peace of God guarded in my mind pertaining to my now husband because I wasn't anxious. In the past, I was very thirsty for a husband. I looked for a husband every day. And I actually write in my first book, which is entitled Single Don't Mean Sorrow, uh, Find Your Purpose and Prosper. And it says that the best place to be is not in the hands of man, but it's in the will of God. And the way I knew that he was my husband because this man did not take me outside the will of God to be with me. I wasn't anxious to be with the man at this point. If I had something to do in church or in ministry, I did it without having to um, explain to him at a at a, a great level. And sometimes I cancel plans or sometimes I let him know that, hey, I can't hang out today. I'm going to do X, Y, Z at this ministry. And he understood to the point where he wanted to be there with me. So I used to hold sessions in the library and my sessions were entitled Single Don't Mean Sorrow as well. I have some on YouTube if you check it out. And he joined me in ministry. When I tell you the blessings of the Lord making one rich and add no sorrow, it wasn't a sorrowful state by connecting with him. It was a, a healthy relationship. And it also overrode some of the hurt and pain that I experienced in my past or with my family or some of my friends. So God was adding rich relationships to my life. I hope this helps you, um, sister here from St. Louis, Missouri. And I would just say, just to sum it all up, that the blessings of the Lord make it one rich and add no sorrow through much prayer, through much fasting and not being anxious. And God was able to reveal to me that he is a great husband, a great man of God and to receive him. And if you would like to check out my book entitled Single Don't Mean Sorrow, it is available on my website at annbillingsley.net. Get the book. It is very, very vital for you to read this book in your singlehood because God showed me my purpose. He revealed my purpose to me and I was able to prosper in the things of the Lord. Amen. Amen. So I hope that helps you. And if you have any more questions, you can email me at annbills30 at gmail.com. All right. So moving on to the second question. This question comes from Texas and it says, what would you say to a young lady who loves God, but has gotten herself caught up in a relationship she knows she needs to break, but she doesn't know how to break it off. So therefore she keeps praying and asking God to remove it, but he hasn't done it yet. 
wow, I was in a relationship like that in the past. And with this, I wanted to open up with this scripture. And it reads, 1 Corinthians 10 and 13. There have no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who is will, who will not suffer you to be tempted above what you are able. But with the temptation, also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So this scripture let me know years ago that God, through any temptation that I even got myself into, God is faithful and he always made a way of escape. I was in an abusive relationship as a young teen, 17, 18 years old is when I had my first abortion is when I first was verbally abused because my father raised me. My dad never talked against us. He never called me out of my name. He will call us you kids, but that's about all he would say. You kids, come here or you kids. But this man that I was dating, this young, you know, man, this teenager himself, he will call me all names, but my name. I was female dogs. He called me garden twos, um, talked about my weight, talked about no one would ever want me. And I remember praying as a young girl and asking God to please deliver me from this relationship. I know that I am in a fornicated relationship where I was fornicating. I was giving my um, pearls among swine and I wasn't married yet. And then I got addicted to abortions. And I mean, my life felt like it was spiraling out of control. And I remember talking to my friend one day and I was just talking to her and I said, I don't see my way out of this. I don't see how I'm going to get out of this. But I tell you, what you don't see does not mean it does not exist because God is faithful and he will always give us a way of escape. But I tell you this one thing, there were times when God opened up the bars to the jail cell and I still sat there because I was so comfortable with being mistreated. I didn't know my self-worth, I had no identity and I didn't know my purpose. I did not know that God had called me great. I didn't know that he fashioned me in my mother's womb. I didn't know that he knew who I was before the foundation of the earth. And I tell you today, sister, if you are listening or if someone is listening for her, to relay this message. God has great plans for you and there is still time. His promises for you is still yes and amen. He is not man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he shall repent. If he said it, he is surely going to bring it to pass. I tell you, he is faithful. And when he opened up these doors for you in this next hour, this next season, Woman of God, I pray that you take them because there is no such thing as anything being too hard for our God. And I tell you this, he will give you a way of escape through all temptation, even if you got yourself into it. I know him to be a way maker. I'm telling you, I am so excited. I got excited for a minute, you guys. I thank you all for giving, uh, sending me these questions. And I can't wait to hear this young woman's testimony because I know the same way he did it for me, he can do it for you because he has no respect of person. So I really hope this helps you in this question because it says um, she's been praying and asking God to remove it, but he hasn't. And sometimes it's not that he removes it, it's that he make wait, makes a way of escape and it's for us to escape. But I do hope that you escape safely and he will allow you to escape safely, but we have to use wisdom. So in my case, I had a daughter at the time 
time and uh, this young man would call me all kind of names, love to argue. And you know, sometimes people make up arguments so that they can go and cheat. So this was his case. And I, I remember writing in my first book or maybe it's my second book. And I said, I was chasing a man that wasn't running from me. And sometimes we can be in a pursuit of someone that ha does not have our best interests at heart. And that was my case. And I called my friend over and I told her enough is enough. I had been going to church. I had been hearing the word of God. The Bible says that God knows the number of hairs on my head. I was like, oh wow, it's like, it's time for me to go. <laughs> so she came over. She had this really big, huge Lincoln car. She popped the trunk and I started putting all my things in her trunk. And I went over to my sister's house and I slept on my sister's floor until I got my own apartment. And I tell you one thing, it was very uncomfortable, but it was safe. It was very uncomfortable. Sometimes we have to leave our comfort zone to get to safety because in our comfort zone, we can get so comfortable with being mistreated. We actually accept that as a part of our life. Our self-esteem cannot rise when we're in a toxic relationship. And I also want to encourage you, if you have to reach out to different organizations that uh, deal with abused women or deal with toxic relationships or be a safe haven for women. Also, I want to promote counseling. I had to go to counseling. I actually put my daughter through counseling because I think that is a very important thing to do is to not only be holistically um, healthy, physically, but also also mentally and also spiritually. So I connected with a, a church and the church was healthy. The man of God was very loving and kind. And the people around me just showered me with love. Yes, trials and tribulations still came. Yes, trouble still came. But then I read that God said he will never leave me or forsake me. I read that he would deliver me from every affliction that would come my way. And as I began to read the word of God, my my self-esteem began to rise. My self-worth began to rise. My identity became the identity of Christ. And then I was able to keep going and not look back. And I tell you, the day that I got in that Lincoln car and I slept on my sister's floor on a pallet or a blow up bed, I forget, I never looked back. Yes, I talked to him years later. Yes, I tried to build a friendship with him years later. But I tell you, when you ever try to go back to something that God delivers you from, it's like the Bible says, it's like a dog that goes back to lick up its own vomit. And when I read that, I never wanted to return back to that thing again. It's actually like wearing a size five shoe and you're foot grows to an eight and you try to go put that shoe back on it's going to be great pain and it's going to be uncomfortable to where you want to take the shoe off and go get the shoe of your right size now you're getting the shoe that fits your standard do you hear me i'm telling you it's so serious so i wanted to end with that just to let you know that anything that we can be, anything that we may be going through, God will give us a way of escape. And he also never lets us go into anything blind. He give us red flags and he give us chance after chance after chance. And sometimes God can turn you over to that thing because I heard a man once say, what you argue for, you get to keep it. So sometimes
sometimes we argue for those relationships. We say, oh, well, he's good. I actually heard a comedian, which it's, it was funny back then, but when you think about it in a situation, it's not so funny. She said uh, when she was in an abusive relationship, the man was so fine and he did so much for that if he hit her with a hammer, she'll say, well, he didn't hit me with the hook in. And that was her joke to say that anything that this man did to her that was not good, she just overrode it with, well, it wasn't like that. Well, he is a good provider. Well, he do love my child. Well, and that's how we get deeper and deeper into toxic relationships. But I tell you today, if you look through a relationship with the word of God and how God feels about his children, you will know that you deserve so much better. And I do have a second book, which is entitled My Teller Made Man. It's never too late to wait. You're not too old and it's not too late for you to wait on the Lord for who he has purposed you to be with. But I tell you today that single don't mean sorrow. So I do encourage a person to be single and, you know, live a healthy life before connecting with someone else. Amen. Amen. So that's all I have for you here today in Texas. I hope that that was a blessing to you and whoever that question uh, was for. I also have another question and it comes from St. Louis, Missouri. And this question reads, Hey Coach Ann, my question is, for those that battle with shame, guilt, embarrassment from things they have done in the past, how can they move forward and not walk in that or let it consume them? For example, they could be ashamed of what they've done they are afraid to ask God for forgiveness or they already asked God for forgiveness, but they haven't forgave themselves. Wow, that's a really good one. Thank you from St. Louis, Missouri. My question to that, my scripture to that would be, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. I think sometimes we have to rely on the word of God. We have to put our faith in the word of God and not faith in ourselves because the Bible tells us that God's thoughts are not like ours and his ways are far from ours. And sometimes we can bring God down to our level. We'll put a limit on him and bring him down to our level. And we start to think that he forgives the way we forgive. Because we always say, well, I forgive, but I won't forget. But if you're not willing to forget the pain that comes along with sin, then you're not really willing to forgive. God forgives and he throws your sin into the sea of forgetfulness. He forgets about it and he handles you and wipes you off and presents you before a man spotless. And he forgets about it and he'll present you to be a help and a witness to someone else. What if God blessed us according to our past sin that we already repented from? Then we won't receive many blessings. I know I won't because I was a mess. <laughs> so I just wanted to tell you this, that um, God is, is faithful and just to forgive. And if you can just get over the fact that you've done it, it also takes humility to forgive yourself. Because sometimes I was ashamed because I felt like, who am I to do this? 
Oh, I'm not exempt from sin. The Bible tells us to take heed unless we fall. Many years ago, I was helping a lot of women. They would call me and they would tell me all about, you know, how this guy did that or this guy did that. But they would, you know, sometimes give their bodies to the guy. And I can remember getting off the phone one day thinking, wow, they seem to be really blessed for them to fall so much, for them to be in so much sexual sin. And I remember my flesh feeling, well, you might as well go out and do it too and just repent. But that was a premeditated sin that I was willing to do. And everyone has a different call on their life. It's some things that I can't do that someone else that doesn't really know better can get away with. And if God has called me to be a help and a blessing and a counsel and a coach and have a standard for this generation of women, then there are just certain things I can't get away with. So I just remember feeling like that. And that's why the Bible was telling me to take heed unless you fall. I had to be careful. I had to limit those conversations. I had to not get so caught up with how good it felt, but how you, the consequences can be very much more damaging than the pleasing of the flesh. So I pray um, my sister from St. Louis, Missouri that sent me this. I hope this is a good answer for you and it shines some wisdom and highlight on the women that is walking around feeling defeated. Those who have walked in said they forgive themselves and said I forgive God. Oh God, asking God to forgive them, but they haven't really forgiven themselves. I say just let it go. There's no shame in God. There's no guilt in God. And there is no embarrassment amongst men because we are all imperfect. Amen. Amen. So I pray that this helps set someone free on today. I also have another question. And this question comes from Illinois. And this question reads, Coach Ann. I am engaged to be married. However, my husband has a child with another woman before we met, and the woman is full of drama, and I am second-guessing the fact that I even want to get married. And to you, woman of God, I will say this to you, my sister. If it is drama, then you know that God is not the author of confusion. You know that God wants what's best for you and you know that he wants you to live a rich life. The Bible tells us that Jesus came that we may have life and life more abundantly. A lot of people relate abundant living to finances, but abundant living is how I'm sitting here right now in the presence of God's peace. Abundant living is me being able to knock on one of my sisters in Christ's doors and brothers, you know, sisters in Christ's door and able to hug them and share the good news of Christ Jesus. Abundant living to me is being able to take out this food out of my refrigerator and cook it up and eat and also able to share with someone that is in need. Abundant living is the fact that I just walked out the door and had can tie my shoe and the rain won't be able to get under my feet. I thank God for sending his son for that we can have life and life more abundantly. You don't want to live a life of abundance in Christ Jesus and then add 
drama to your life. So I'm not here to tell you not to get married and I'm not here to tell you to stay. I am here to tell you to make a wise decision because your marriage is supposed to glorify God. And though you're not doing your marriage with the other woman, you do have to do life with her. So I do want to encourage you to also not only pray for you and your husband, but also pray for that child that's missing the father out of the home. Also pray for that woman that carried that man's seed, but he's no longer there, but he's establishing a life with another woman. We have to step back humble ourselves and not just pray for the freedom of ourselves, but also pray for the freedom of that other woman. Because I've been that woman. I know that it hurts to carry a man's seed and give birth and that seed be rejected by the planter. Do you hear me? It hurts. You know, it hurts. And, and God is a healer and pray that God heals her. Pray for her mind, pray for her heart, pray for her salvation, because it's not that she could be full of drama. She could still be hurt. She could, that hurt can turn into bitterness. She still could be angry and without misunderstanding, without understanding. And she's leaning not into her own understanding right now. She is leaning to her own understanding. So that scripture that tells us to lean not into our own understanding, but in all of our ways, acknowledge God and he'll direct our path. She has to be directed by the Lord and you can be that beacon of light. And I know that it's hard, but it takes a lot of humility. So I say to you today to just see if that is something that you want to enter into at this moment, or do you all need to go to counseling? Ask God to give you opportunity to talk to her more in depth. You never know what he told her before he left, and she can still be riding on those false promises. I tell you today, I am not here to tell you to leave, and I'm not here to tell you to stay. I'm telling you to be wise and make sure that your marriage glorify God. Make sure that your life can exemplify the blessings of the Lord that made your life rich and added no sorrow, added no drama, added no fighting. And also, we have to be sure that we're looking at the best interests of the child. Pray for that baby. Would I be adding more blessings to this child life? Would I be a help or would I be a hindrance? Is it the fact that maybe I just wanted a man and it's not my time? Or maybe this is something I am supposed to help him to work through. Because me and my husband, uh, he writes a chapter in my book. My book is entitled, My Teller Made Man is Never Too Late to Wait. And he write a chapter about how he was going through something. And I, at the time, was not even his friend. We were just really talking as sisters and brothers, sharing, you know, the gospel and just talking about the goodness of God. And he helped me out in writing my first book. And then I was able to help him in certain situations situation that he was in. You have to get the book to read it, but I promise you it's very powerful. We all have a past. We all go through things. And sometimes I do believe God will send someone to help you and lift you up and support you. And me and my husband had an agreement that if we're not supposed to pursue this friendship of going over best friends, that we'll separate ourselves and just continue to go chase after the Lord because that's truly what it was all about. And um, he said to me that 
he was willing to go and I was willing to go. And I promise you what you give back to the Lord in the spirit, he is able to give right back to you in the natural, but he'll give it to you with some anointed on it. He'll give it to you with some rich blessings on it because he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtain favor from the Lord. Amen. Amen. So you are a good thing. You are his favor. So just pray for that other young lady. I promise you with prayer, God is faithful. He hears you. His ear is inclined to you of us that lives in righteousness. And he will not let you be subject to uh, any anger past the point of your breaking. Amen. But just take a look back, you know, take a step back, look into the life of not only yourself and your husband life, but also the life of the child and also the life of the other woman, because it really does. Single parenting is really, really hard and it's hard to accept the fact that you are now a single parent and he is going to create a new life and possibly plant a new seed into someone else. Um, and marry that person and she could be dealing with why wasn't I good enough I'm not sure but I promise you if you send me uh, a few more questions or if anything else that you need send it to my website um, under the contact or you can email me at andbills30 at gmail.com I have one more question and this question here is from St. Louis Missouri as well and it says, hey, Coach Ann, I have a question. Do you think it's wrong for a woman to court a man? Why or why not? And if I'm reading this question, comprehending this question correctly, sister, I believe you're asking, should a woman court a man as in pursue him? Um, that I can only give my opinion on. And that would be, I was not in the courting business anymore when I met my husband. I was done pursuing a man. I said earlier in this podcast that I was chasing a man that was not running from me. And I promise you, I chased him and he wasn't paying any attention to me. It was when I ran out of breath and I was willing to fall and lay on my back is when he did stop and show me attention. But when I got back up to chase him, he was chasing somebody else. So I'm personally not into the pursuing and courting business. I will be transparent with you today and let you know that yes, I have done it before. Maybe about uh, many, 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 many years ago, I was working in a credit union and um, there was some gentlemen that would come in there and I would always think, oh, maybe that's my husband at the grocery store. Maybe that's my husband at the gas station. Maybe that's my husband. Everywhere that I went, I thought to myself, maybe that's my husband. But I tell you today, my husband was none of those men. <laughs> my husband was none of those men. So it was all a waste of time. All, actually, all that time that I spent on pursuing a man and praying for a man and hoping this is the right man, I could have been chasing God. Because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And with diligence, we seek him with zeal. We seek him with excitement. We seek him with, uh, without being lazy. We're seeking the Lord and he is a rewarder. And I don't just believe that God will reward you in heaven, but also he will reward you on earth. So my answer to your question, sister is no, I do not believe in a woman just completely courting or uh, pursuing or chasing a man. Um, 
However, it is to each his own. I'm not against anyone that does that. However, I can tell you that if a man is not paying any attention to you and you're just doing all the chasing, it is better for you to just stay in the will of God than to try to be in the hands of man because it's just not worth it. It's really not. Make sure you have your purpose. You know your purpose. You're operating in it. And also, anything that God adds to your life is not only just for you. It's also for other people in the kingdom and where it overflows over into the world. I have people that, you know, that's not, um, I wouldn't say a believer of God, but they don't, you know, fully operate in, well, they don't fully live out the biblical principles of the Lord, but they'll tell me in a minute, hey, single don't mean sorrow. They're, they're, they watch my lifestyle without them saying anything about, without me even watching. And when the Lord presented a man of a healthy man of God before me, it inspired them to know that God is real. That had to be God because she was strictly so out on being single, chasing the Lord. And then someone, I look around, the blessing was chasing me. My husband was the first man to take me on a real date. Uh, my husband was the first man to open a door for me. Now, uh, my husband was the first one to ask me about my childhood. I mean, it feels good being pursued. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, that's the reason I had to give it up. I used to buy movie tickets and go pick the man up if he didn't have gas and go pick him up if he didn't have a car. And I used to call him in the morning and call him at night. Well, he'll call me at night, but you know. Um, I used to do all that and I was the one going to get the food from the store, the, the fast food, because maybe he didn't have the money or he just didn't care to buy me anything. If you get my second book, it'll, uh, you'll read about a time that I wanted a companionship so much and I didn't want to be lonely that I allowed this gentleman to come to my house just to talk and just to be in his face and just to have a movie on and every time that he came he never brought me anything but he will always have something for himself he will always have himself something to drink he will always have himself something to snack on he never asks do you want or need anything and that's how I know that that gentleman was not for me my book is entitled, My Teller Made Man, It's Never Too Late to Wait. There is a man that is purposed, that is teller made just for you, that God has already fitted for you. He knows how much patience this man needs with you. He knows how much uh, love this man needs to express and when to express it. It's teller made just for you. So I pray that this answer was a blessing to you, my sister here in St. Louis, Missouri, that no, I do not believe in courting or pursuing a man. Um, however, if someone does that, it is to each his own. But as for me and my house, <laughs> we are going to serve and uh, serve the Lord and pursue God. And then the man of God came after me. And also, I had to go before God and ask, what can I do for him? Um, be an encouragement to him. Be his uh, cheerleader. He was my coach and I was his cheerleader. I promise you, that's what we called each other. And um, it just feels good to be pursued. So um, just wait just wait patiently and I promise you that God will send someone just like he sent his only begotten son 
that to pursue you over 2,000 years ago and die for you, he will send someone to pursue you even in the natural. Do you hear me? All right, so we know God is faithful. I thank you all for these questions. They were really good. I hope my answers are a blessing to you. I can go on and on and on about the the goodness of God and just how he brought me from a mighty, mighty, mighty long way. I tell you, I did abusive relationships. I pursued men. I um, I wrote letters to men. I just, you know, begged just just wanted a companionship and not to be lonely but I went through my singlehood for a really long time where I know God told me that single don't mean sorrow find your purpose and prosper and I do have those two books that I wrote available on my website at annbillingsley.net I pray that you all grab the books and we also can even go over a few um, chapters in a book on a podcast you never know where God may lead us but you let me know what you will like to hear from me i can do another one of these episodes called ask coach ann if you all want to still send questions to me send them to annbills30 at gmail.com and as always keep going don't look back don't give up and be blessed all right it's coach ann i am i will talk to you guys later 